Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 16, Episode 12, One-on-One, Part 2. That was a lot of numbers. Also known as, who's filling Janelle's tank? (laughs) I don't know, what fills your tank, Carly? Tequila, much Uh, like Mary's. Very much so. (laughs) Just running on tequila fumes over here. (laughs) Okay, all right. That's good. Wow, this episode, much better. Two thumbs up compared to the first part. They really had to get us established with the story over the past two seasons. In the last episode, and now we're getting some drama. I'm telling you, yeah, last episode was the season 15 tell-all episode that they mistakenly forgot to record at the end of season 15. So now we're just left with a three-part monster tell-all at the end of season 16. A monster tell-all with a monster husband. There you go. You could tell that our host, Sukanya, was not having it with Cody this episode. She let him... Fly by with a few things in part one. She came back day two and was like, oh, fuck no. Not letting this man yell at me again. Do you think they actually took a day in between? We're going to have to check the slates because we did get an actual date on the clap slate. Yeah, if you you were paying attention to that. You could tell they were on different days because some of them, I saw Christine's was on like the 8th and then Robin's was on the 9th, I think. So they would had them come in on separate days. Yeah, and that's fine that everybody came in on their own individual separate dates. But do you think that they took a break between questions? I don't think they did. Meaning each person only had the one day that they showed up. Do you think Robin can work a full eight-hour day? No, I don't. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they did this in multiple parts. It definitely wasn't a 10-hour production day, that's for sure. (laughs) She doesn't have it in her. 
much goodly at business, but not at work in production days. When's lunch? She's not happy with the craft table. It's not good spread, Cody. Where's the relish tray? <laughs> yeah. Robin needs to know. Needs more cold arrangements for your Thanksgiving treats. Finger foods. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. I have a feeling her kids eat a lot of Vienna sausages out of the little cans. Don't even have to heat them up. You just eat them up. <laughs> All right. We have, wow, really diverged oh, from the topic going. here. Yeah, if we really wanted to. But we're not gonna, all right? So we're gonna jump right in. We've got the Brown family continues to speak one-on-one with host Sukanya Krishnan about the highs and lows of last year. Christine discusses being a basement wife while Robin reveals her struggle for acceptance within the family. Life's just so hard for Robin. Some bullshit over here. Just saying. Got a little rewrite for us here. Janelle fills her tank with $20 regular cash. Cody accuses the OG wives of hazing. Robin auditions for hot ones. Christine approves her own divorce. Oh, it was definitely a hot one. Hot take on that one. It's less that she's crying. It's more so reacting to spicy foods. (laughs) There were no tears. Right. This was a very dry tissue that was being held to her eyes. There was a lot of dabbing taking place in areas where tears do not generate. Scraping. Hoping any sort of tear would materialize. Maybe I'll just drag it across my eye so it gets wet. (laughs) So if anybody comes over here and looks at it afterwards, they'll know. Maybe she was attempting to poke herself in the eye to create some tears. You know what the real trick is? You, You just keep repeating the word yawn in your head and make yourself yawn, but then you don't visually show the yawn. And then it goes up into your eyes. Stop saying that you're going right? to make me yawn. See, yawn, yawn, yawn. <laughs> and then you don't actually do the yawn and it goes into your eyes. <laughs> You'll see. Everyone is yawning right now. You're welcome. That's the power of the pod. <laughs> Before we jump into the episode, a few announcements. The first is that in honor of this episode, we have a new tier on Patreon, newly released called Basement Wife. You're welcome. The Basement Wife is our $3 tier. It's just if you want to support us because you're not getting anything in return. Right. There's no benefits at all. There's nothing positive about being the Basement Wife. You're not going to get a thank you. You're living in Christine's world. And uh, thanks for, no thanks for your support. Yeah, not even thanks. (laughs) Thanks to everyone else who is a subscriber on patreon.com slash surviving pod. Everyone except the Basement Wives. Thank you. The second announcement. There is no new episode of Sister Wives next week. They are leaving us on a cliffhanger for part three. What kind of stupid planning was that? Yeah, because we got a little football game called the Super Bowl next week. We're not watching it. Let's be real. Well, I mean, I wasn't planning on it. No, <laughs> I will. Uh, we're going to make some snacks, though. Oh, we're still having the snacks. We're having Super Bowl snacks. Don't get me wrong. So there's no new episode of Sister Wives next week, but there will be an episode of the podcast because we are planning a very special bonus crossover episode. So stay tuned for details on that next week. And then we'll follow up. We'll round out the whole season here with the third part of the tell-all, which airs on February 20th. We'll release that episode on Wednesday the 23rd. Let's get at it. All right, let's do it. So things are opening back up. 
I loved that they included the footage of Mary sulking back in again. That was... Well, this is what I'm saying. That was the same footage. That wasn't a repeated occurrence that took place over several days. You sure? I'm positive. I think that's just the way Mary enters a room. Okay, now look. See, it's... We got Cody, Janelle, Robin, Christine, and Lurch. They're all back for day two. Or it was Mary. Yeah, Mary. She lurched in. They're back here with Sukanya going for round two. And they actually did have a voiceover start at this one where Sukanya introduced what this is. She said her name. That was nice. I went back to the beginning of the first episode of the Tell All 2 because I was like, did I miss this? It was there too. So I don't know if they added this in post because we complained about it or we just completely missed it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we missed it. I'm going to say they added it afterwards because we made fun of it. I think we were taken aback by the fashions, by uh, the the many things that were going on. The gate. The gate. The gate. She's got a good gate. She's got an interesting gate about her. <laughs> D- distinctive gate. So we start off with a topic we all know and love, COVID and the nanny. Beautiful. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Well, now they do for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Even Cody is laughing when they show the footage of Christine asking, what does the nanny do? Right. Because he doesn't know either. Nobody knows. It's just funny. There's universal comedy to that. Yes. We get a little more background on why this happened. Isabel was the one who instigated the whole question. She was really mad about the fact that the nanny was coming up in Robin's house every day and she couldn't go see her siblings who don't remember her name anymore. So she prompted the whole thing by asking, Ma, what's going on over here? And Christine was just innocently passing along her daughter's question. And this is where it was interesting because then, you know, Cody's trying to say that, well, no, I think it was Christine mentioned that there was a lack of trust, basically, that was going on because she thought that she was abiding by the CDC guidelines. She was being open and honest when there were times when she was traveling. What else can you really do aside from that? What other rules do I need to follow? She didn't know. There wasn't a list. There weren't any guidelines from Cody and Robin. So I just happened to bring it up while we were filming. Figured now's a good time as any. I did like that we finally got a question for Robin. Sukanya asks her, you were with Cody the whole time. How come you didn't say anything? How come you didn't point out the fact that maybe we need to tell everyone else what the rules are? Why were you hoarding the rules? Because Robin was complaining. I was wondering why the rules weren't out sooner, too. For the longest time, it was confusing. <laughs> she refuses to take responsibility for anything. But then she's also so used to running the family like a mob boss that she was talking about kickbacks. Cody's getting kickbacks from all of his kids. And it was like, no, no, no. He's getting pushback <laughs> from all of his kids. There's resistance there. You know, got to watch out because Cody wants those kids out of the house. He might be asking for a kickback pretty soon. Right. You want to stay here? I'm going to need $100 a week. What's the vig on this? <laughs> What's the action? Well, he shouldn't have to deal with things like this because according to Cody, a mother's commitment to her children ends The minute they turn 18 years old, that is it. At that point, the mother needs to stop putting the child's interests above her husband. Oh, see, I thought he was saying that for dads, it ends at 18. And moms are clinging. Moms tend to cling longer. And he's trying to push them out of the nest here. 
Is that what it was? I don't know. We interpreted that completely differently. I don't know. I only kind of <laughs> half listen to him when he talks most of the time. So I feel like I kind of got the gist of it in most ways. It was, I didn't like that he kept talking about tender ages. You have to protect children of tender age. <laughs> that didn't make me feel good. Of tender mind as well, because as we know, Robin's got two kids in her house who are over 18 who are still living there. That's a tender 18. <laughs> That's a tender 20 right there. <laughs> no problem with them sticking around. <laughs> that just needs to be a, a defining age adjective, I guess, for us now on the <laughs> podcast. It's tender. I think we have Truly's birthday party coming up soon when we get back to season seven. So what a tender age it was. <laughs> In case we were wondering about where his relationships stand with some of the other children, particularly Gabe and Garrison, not good. The fact that this was filmed in November of 2021 and he still admits that he's in a bad place with Gabe and Garrison is fucked up. If you're asking how bad, Cody said that they need therapy. So <laughs> it's pretty bad. What do you think therapy would be like with Cody in this situation? It would just be a lot of calm down, calm down. Easy. Let's talk about that. Cody only goes to therapy to have the therapist tell him he's right. So I can imagine that won't go very well. Uh, also, sometimes he tells wives that he's done having relationships with them when he goes to therapy. So maybe he'll tell Gabe and Garrison he's done with them. Maybe they can write a family mission statement. Maybe. Sometimes they do use therapy time for that. It was the most constructive thing that came out of therapy for them as a family. <laughs> Where are those mission statements? Oh. I would love to have seen them read it during this. Christine read it on Coyote Pass when they were all fighting. Yes, I do. I do recall At that. At the end of season 15. Yeah. She was trying to throw it in everybody's face to remind them why they're here. And everybody's like, nah, we're not here for that. I'm also not really interested. In I don't it. really care. I signed it. I My heart wasn't really in it. You know, I didn't really read it either. <laughs> if we're being honest. At some point, like 45 hours into writing it. I just said, I'm good with whatever is in there. And I just stopped listening. Just, it's a group project. Just throw my name on it. On one of those slides. And that's fine. Whatever we get, as long as it's a C or above, I'm okay. I'm good with that. So things aren't going well with them. Janelle's point of view, the boys didn't respect Cody's rules because they didn't respect the fact that he was dividing up the family. They should do those things. They should go to work. They should date. They should have their social lives. But also... If they're going to do those things, they should move out so that Cody can come home whenever he feels like it. That was the general premise, I think, of what Cody was trying to get at. Didn't Gabe move into the quarantine apartment? Still too close, I guess. Need you off of the property. It's, this is a common theme, right? Because we also heard Christine in one of the last episodes say that her kids don't respect Cody because they see the favoritism that happens in the family. And basically, she's not here to tell her kids that they're wrong when that's what they're seeing and experiencing. And they're coming to those conclusions on their own. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's what Cody wants. But he hasn't been there for nine months, so it's really hard to lead from this position. Well, he, he disputes that. He claims he was there. He said he was there the entire time. Which is funny, because I didn't know that we had achieved a way to travel. To be in two places at once where you could be simultaneously at Robin's house, but also at Janelle's house. 
maybe there was some sort of device or mechanism that has bridged parallel universes for Cody, replicating string theory, <laughs> astounding physicists everywhere. I think he's watching a lot of Back to the Future. Well, that would be more of a time travel situation. Well, now he's going back and traveling through time and changing his story. That's true. Maybe we have multiple timelines. Maybe Cody's got a DeLorean in the garage <laughs> behind all those boxes at Christine's house. This feels like the darkest timeline, doesn't it? No. No? No. This isn't the darkest. Okay, the darkest timeline involves the murder tarp anniversary. It's the murder tarp. That's definitely it. <laughs> We're lucky we have this season and just this to deal with. Which, speaking of dark things, Sukanya brings up the Thanksgiving decision discussion. The one where Cody makes the scary-ass shining face when he says, Happy Thanksgiving, and gives that little grin to everyone. Which, it was amazing to watch Christine react to that footage because this bitch was like, man, thank God I got divorced from this this horrible, scary human being. Oh, she yeah, she was squirming in her chair. She was like, "That's Ooh. is this a rough cut? Are you guys actually leaving it on that long for the, for the <laughs> final episode? You're going to keep that? Okay. I didn't like it. Because <laughs> you know during that conversation, she was so checked out. She really wasn't paying attention to much of what was going on. Maybe she missed the face. Well, not making eye contact, that's for sure. <laughs> but the camera got it. We did also get to see Cody watch Janelle tell him to fuck off. With a furrowed brow. Sounded like new news to him. Yeah, I told you. He didn't hear that the first time. I don't think he did. She mumbled that under her breath, and this was the first time he ever saw that. Which is probably why when he later gets asked the conversation about his relationship with Janelle, he has certain answers. We got this fresh in his mind. But before we get there, we get... Mary's one moment in the sun here for this episode. I guess it's only fair because she basically had all of the last episode. She's not really up to the current events that are going on in the family. She doesn't know what's happening. No one calls her. No one texts her. Well, I feel like they should have had more of her reactions than <laughs> cut those in. She would have been like, oh my God, what is, what? Yeah, we just needed facial expressions. We didn't need to follow up with a question for her. No, because she'd be like, I have no idea. Yeah, I asked these people what's going on and I never hear about any of this stuff, but Holy cow, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, the one thing she adds to the conversation the whole episode is that she thinks that everyone deciding, and when I say everyone, I mean Christine and Janelle, deciding to spend Thanksgiving elsewhere was about the rules being too difficult to follow. Nope, that's not what it was. Nope, still don't get it. So close, but you're still wrong. <laughs> Janelle explains it to us. She's like, look, we got those rules two weeks before Thanksgiving. Barely two weeks. So there was no time to implement that. And it was like, either you start doing it now at this very second, or we don't see on Thanksgiving. So, okay, we weren't able to have a full quarantine before Thanksgiving. So we're going to go do what we want to do in Utah. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> also, I know that we've talked before about how Cody is not able to show emotions other than anger. And I thought it was interesting that Christine tries to explain or interpret what we are seeing in that footage to Sukanya as Cody being sad, even though he is raging and lashing out in an unpleasant way. That apparently is how Cody feels the emotion of sadness. She knows it well. She's experienced it multiple times. The misdirection of anger. But I liked how Sukanya kept him honest, too. Because even the mumbling under her breath when Janelle told him to fuck off 
Dukanian was like, why didn't you go after her? She was very clearly upset. Cody's like, why would I go after her? What am I, an idiot? He got so shitty with her. And then she went on to say, was it your ego stopping you? And I was like, oh, you go, girl. Ooh, Ooh, you're hitting where it hurts now. Oh, boy. Getting too real. Then he was like, no, I actually was just wondering what it would be like to have a Thanksgiving without these people. (laughs) So. Really? Yeah. It's just, it's weird that having that much time to think about what your reasoning was, because you know that wasn't the actual reason, but this is the reason that he landed on. This is the best excuse. This is the best story that he could come up with after the fact. And that's what you picked? He was just experiencing a lot of bitterness, Corey. It's a trial period separation. That's all it is. Not like a merry level of separation, but, you know, just checking it out. Now we get a bunch of clips about Christine taking care of the kids growing up and how much Janelle's kids love her. Yeah, Christine's always been under pressure since she's joined the family, but her relationship with Janelle has been the silver lining behind all of it. Best thing to come out of this family. The the only true love story in this family, (laughs) Christine and Janelle. It really is. We need a spinoff just Christine and Janelle getting along. No, no, no. Keep it on the show. And then (laughs) you have to have the contrast of Mary doing absolutely everything on her own and being confused as hell. Cody just living at Robin's, trying to make up storylines. Being miserable. Believing that his kids love him, even though they don't have any other choice. (laughs) They don't know what's going on. It's true. We need the contrast, right? And then you cut to Christine and Janelle taking RV vacations. Well, this friendship, not something Cody appreciates. He's telling us about the click. Remember, we have an issue here. The bowling. The bowling. We're back on the bowling. Christine and Janelle are bowling people in the family. You know what he means. They mean bullying. They're, I was referring to whom they were bowling. Oh. Robin. Oh, I was trying to translate it to English for us, too. <laughs> in the process. We all know brown family talk it's by now. Bowling. The clicks are bowling. <laughs> Christine is visibly confused by the footage where Cody is talking about them having a click. But I have to say it was absolutely hysterical at the analysis that Sukanya was presenting to Christine when she was like, well, do you think that Cody's like jealous of you and Janelle's relationship? And Christine even laughs because she's like, isn't that the bitter irony here? Because It's plural marriage. I've had to deal with jealousy my entire marriage with three other wives that I share my husband with. So the fact that Cody would be suffering from jealousy sounds like he needs to follow some of his own advice where it's just suck it up. Keep sweet. Well, I also love the irony of the fact that you're bad if you aren't a good sister wife, but apparently you're also bad if you have too good of a sister wife relationship. Ah, that excludes other sister wives, especially when they're the husband's favorite. There is no winning in this situation, clearly. Yeah, it's disappointment all around. But things weren't always rainbows and butterflies with Janelle and Christine, because back when Christine joined the family, and just for timeline reference here, this happened very fast. Janelle joined the family And Christine married Cody only a year afterwards. So isn't it funny? Because I feel like in the book and whenever Janelle and Mary talk about that first year of marriage, they make it sound like it was an eternity that they had to put up with each other and that they just despise living together. No, eternity's coming. 
They still, they still have that to look <laughs> forward you to. Still have that, girls. Oh, Just wait. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what a practice run this is. <laughs> but as soon as Christine joined the family, it was like that weight was lifted. She brought some levity. She became the peacemaker. Everything just got better. But Janelle really didn't like Christine at first because she thought she was a princess. And she didn't really go into detail. She didn't have any examples to clarify her stance on why she felt that way or why she had that impression. But it was just a word that she kept repeating. She kept calling Christine a princess. And I'm almost thinking... Was it just because you kept hearing Cody say that? Because Cody has used the term princess to describe Christine a lot throughout the series and I'm sure throughout their marriage. Yeah, and we never really get an exact reason why she's a princess. Aside from being polygamy royalty, her entire family. She is truly a princess. Well, truly is a princess. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. She has royal lineage. Correct. Other this, than that, this whole polygamy thing, her family kind of, you know, founded <laughs> this group over here. Which, let's be real, that's why Cody married her for clout. You gotta, at some point. Yeah, see, so we don't get any more details on that, but I really didn't respect the fact that the princess thing got brought up again. Especially when you're not going to give any context, when you're not going to describe it or explain it. You're just going to keep calling her a princess and, oh, I don't know, I didn't like her because I thought she was a princess. Why? So I'm wondering if it's because Janelle acts as though she has literally no needs. So is it just because Christine had things that she verbalized that she needed, so she's a princess? Well, Christine even admits that looking back, she didn't verbalize a lot of her needs. She went with the flow. Well, she learned that that's the way things went. Eventually. Yes. But it took a long time of... Sweeping stuff under the rug. But before we get there, Sukaini starts drawing parallels between Janelle's relationship with Cody and Christine's. And Christine gets very concerned. She's like, dear God, I hope not. She was acting like she was hoping that Sukanya was not implying something that she was not up to date on. Yeah, she's like, I didn't get that message. Why, do you know something new? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Did they interview together here? Because Christine straight up asked Janelle at one point if she was going to leave Cody. And Janelle said, she's always thought Cody was a great father. How telling is that as an answer? (laughs) When you're asking, are you going to stay together with Cody? Well, he's a great father. (laughs) Okay, but he's not your father. So I'm asking as a husband, how is he? As a partner, how is he? That's actually a good point because in Robin's... Number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives, Janelle talks about how important it was for her to find someone who would be a great father. And I believe, if memory serves me right, it's because she lacked having a father's presence in her own life. So I think that's really all she wanted out of Cody. That's the purpose that he really has served to her. Has he been a great father? Um, I think by many of our standards, the answer to that is no. Maybe only during the tender ages. (laughs) (laughs) It stops at 18. That's when he stops being a great father. I'm a bad father. (laughs) I do think that when they lived in the one big house, it was harder to tell that he wasn't great at everything, which he was fair with his time. He did say goodnight to all of the children because it was convenient to him, right? Like they were all there. That's how their family operated. And then, you know, things changed. 
is he a great father to Savannah? Like the only child who's left in the home at this point who's under the age of 18? Questionable. Still a tender age. I haven't seen any bonding. Not this season. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So then we get to see Cody's take on him and Janelle's relationship. Do you love Janelle? Yes, I have love for Janelle. That's not the question that I asked. Are you in love with Janelle? Are you in love with Janelle? And here's where he again does not take responsibility for his own feelings and instead puts it on Janelle and tells Sukanya, look, Janelle wouldn't tell you that she was in love with me if she was being honest. That's not the answer she would give you. If you ask Janelle if she's in love with me, she's going to tell you the same thing. No. And if she tells you anything different, she's lying. Which we don't actually get to see that question posed to Janelle, which I would have liked to have known what her answer was. Instead, we talk about what's going on in the bedroom since we know nothing's been going on in Mary's for 10 plus years. So the emotional, physical intimacy, are we still all there? How's that going? And Janelle just brushes it off. We're fine. We're good. I won't, I won't go into any, any more detail. We're good. We're, We're good. Fine. We're fine. It's, it's really good. It's fine. Does he fill her tank, though, in that way? Do you think? Is she running on empty? I don't think there's been a lot of brownie batter in that tank for a long time. Is your muffin buttered? <laughs> it just had one of those Lady Doth protests too much feelings. It was very obvious she did not want to have the conversation. She wanted to get off of the topic as quickly as possible. What else does she need to get off? (laughs) And uh, going back to that theme of filling a tank, (laughs) Sukanya then asks Christine about the situation. And Christine has some nice things to say about Janelle since we know that they're BFFs now. That Janelle's a strong, independent woman, and I think she fills her own damn tank. She's a bad bitch, all right? She don't need no mans. <laughs> but then we have more heartbreak leading in to the next line of questions. It's time to talk head wife and basement wife. And by head wife, we mean neck wife. <laughs> right away, Christine knows exactly what footage Sukanya is referring to. She's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. The basement wife conversation I had with Robin. Yes. When she did the drive by, fly by, pop in, hello, visit. This is when Christine explains to us that she chose to be weaker and to just be fine with everything. And she did that just so that it would make things easier for everyone because someone has to be the one to give at the end of the day, right? 
But that came at her own expense. Because you're either going to be the person to cause more contention by always going against stuff and saying, no, I need this, I want that. Or you can just be agreeable and lose yourself completely, which is the route that she went. That, I feel, is what they are asked to do as sister wives. This whole idea of being called to be greater, to being better, it really is about putting aside your own feelings and emotions for the greater good. And that's exactly what Christine did. And it got her nowhere. And for the greater good at the expense of individuals, not in the sense of how can we build everybody up in their own ways as individuals. It's no, 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 no. You need to suppress these parts of you or these desires that you have or these feelings that you're going through because it's detrimental to the rest of the family to try and deal with that. Right. Don't create a problem. Don't be a problem. Just let it go. Christine let it go for a really long time. And then she just got very frustrated and had to finally bring it up to Cody. She got overwhelmed. Yes. And I believe she's referencing the point right around when she got pregnant with Truly. Because she mentions it in the book as well. There's a lot of this where if you're looking for more background, grab the book. Am I saying to give these people money? No. You can get it at the library. Many libraries have Robin's number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives. And uh, it's not in great demand, so it will be available for you to check out. Yeah, it's probably going to be there. (laughs) You can check it out. That's where we got our first copy. It's great. But this was my thing that boggled my mind, too, because... For Cody to go to Christine when she's saying, I'm completely overwhelmed, I'm burned out, I'm spread too thin, and I can't do all of this stuff, I can't continue to do all of this stuff, and Cody's saying, well, you're changing the rules, we made this agreement, family comes first, when has it ever been that way for Cody to sacrifice stuff for the greater good, for the larger family? This was just ridiculous, because let's put in context what was going on. Christine is pregnant. She is homeschooling the children. She is teaching Sunday school. She is preparing the meals and cleaning the house while everyone else is going to work. While she's pregnant and then subsequently raising an infant child. Yes. (laughs) So she was taking on basically all of the burden in the home, all of the work that needed to be done. And she's just saying, I need to let something go which eventually I believe is the Sunday school stuff. So that's the thing she got to remove from her plate. So I don't really know. Cody goes on at this point to imply that Christine just shrugged off her responsibilities so that when Robin joined the family, she had to take on a lot of this stuff. What did Robin take on? Yeah, to say that Christine was shrugging off responsibilities as Robin was entering the family... And then Robin had to cover these shortcomings is a bit of a stretch because that's not what we experienced on our rewatch of the earlier seasons because basically Robin was coming in and stepping on Christine's toes, trying to double up on the roles and responsibilities that Christine was already doing. She was trying to be everyone's go-to gal, remember? There was a lot of crossover on the skill set as far as being mediator and peacemaker And caretaker, I guess, or like... Caretaker. From what I remember, Robin watched the older girls one time. That's what I'm saying. It was, (laughs) yeah, there was one episode where she babysat a bunch of the kids. And told them they couldn't eat any of her cereal. Remember that? (laughs) 
<laughs> I just remember them playing with the dolls in the house and play, and it got weird with the because they were basically doing plural marriage and Cody was the Ken doll and there was it was weird. I didn't like it. Anyway, the issue here is just that Christine is coloring the past with her present feelings. It wasn't really like that. Life in the Lehigh house was amazing. In Cody's mind. Yeah. And in Robin's mind, too, because it's very interesting how we're getting Robin's opinion on all this when she has absolutely no reference point because she wasn't there. (laughs) She also had the nerve to say that Christine is the one who caused this entire issue with Cody that the big picture has really just unraveled for him. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Christine's just shattering this entire happy family illusion that Cody built up from that time. Right. It was such a happy family that he had one wife who he was no longer having an intimate relationship with and implied that living with her was was like being in a, in a pit of hell. He had another wife who spent most of her time at work and then the basement wife who hated her life and complained constantly about things when she finally got the nerve to speak up. But see, there's a delicate balance, though, for all of those memories, because Robin's still trying to plant some more memories through hand-drawn sketch art over at the house there, too. (laughs) So you got to be careful with how many memories you go to implant, because now it's all unstable, because Christine's throwing a whole wrinkle into this fabric of time now. Cody is very confused upstairs, I'm sure. But Cody's carrying the load. We're one big family. That's the requirement. We're gonna If you're going to come into this family, it's all for one and one for all. For some reason, we have to ask Robin about what her experience was like when she came into the family. She claims it was a painful process, although remember it was like season two and they said, we're good, we're done. Stop asking us about that. We're integrated. Don't ask us about that anymore. It's a done deal. <laughs> it's done and over with. But then it came back up. It had a resurgence in season three and four and five. They were still dealing with it, too. And it was like, well, guys, I thought you said mission accomplished. I'm so confused now. Getting flipping whiplash over here. Well, we do get another reminder about how Robin's youngest just doesn't remember her siblings' names. Isn't that terrible? I like how she uses that as an example of how shitty this family has been towards them, even though isn't that your fault? Well, isn't that concerning that she didn't even call Ariella by her name? Did Robin forget her daughter's name? <laughs> yeah, she referred to her as her youngest. Her youngest, my littlest. My <laughs> littlest don't know names. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem here. Robin can't name all of the family members. Robin forgot the names. <laughs> so how the hell can you expect Ari to remember them? So she whines about that. She also complains that she's an easy target. Why? Because she gets along with Cody. That's enough of a reason to dislike her for me. <laughs> if, you, if you're getting the friend of my enemy is my enemy there you go i think most of america right here would uh would agree that you're the target because of that robin it's really hard so let's cry about it i also really enjoyed cody's entire uh speech about how great robin was when she came into the family we've heard this before in the previous episode about how She sat her kids down and told them that they had to respect these people, that they were coming into this family. And for some reason, that wasn't done the other way around, which begs to question where Cody's leadership was. But my favorite part of it was Cody saying, Robin came into the family cap in hand. Cap in hand, because her approach to enter the family wasn't met in return. Well, yeah, it's again, why didn't Cody lead that charge then? If he felt like... She was being so 
underrepresented in that way, where there wasn't an appreciation for her and her children, what could Cody do to impact that, to change that? From what I remember, I recall Mary being the one to step up and try to get the kids in line when they weren't accepting Robin's children and they were bullying them. Multiple times. It happened a few times, and definitely once on camera when they were on vacation. I remember Mary taking the reins. Again, I go back to my statement. I think that things crumbled when Mary wasn't in charge anymore. I don't think Cody was ever in charge, really. Well, you never really had a backup. You had Cody who thought he was a leader, and he would kind of start to do stuff. He's a starter. He's not really a doer. He doesn't follow through on anything. So as soon as he hits the first bump in the road, he's like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And that was pretty much it. So that's when Mary would step in and she would continue on with that because, again, same page. They're the same person. So she could pick right back up where Cody left off and keep going because she's tenacious in that way. She is relentless. When she gets the idea in her head, she keeps going. That's why she didn't have many fans in this household. And that's why I like her. <laughs> She's clinging to this idea until until the last gasp here. So we're sticking on a line of questioning with Robin. It's very clear that Sukanya has to really toe the line in the way she phrases her questions. Because Robin is primed and ready to cry. It's very hard to get any type of coherent explanation from her about things. But we're going to forge on. And Sukanya asks her what it feels like when the kids call and blame her for the COVID rules. And we get a response from Robin about how it makes her angry. But then the way that she shows anger is through crying. So where Cody takes sadness and makes it anger, Robin takes anger and makes it sadness. So this is weird. (laughs) It's a weird dynamic. These two puzzle pieces that fit together here. It's so confusing for the rest of us. (laughs) The rest of us who know how to process our emotions. Yes, this is difficult to comprehend. So we've got Robin crying at this point. And Sukanya is just doing that blink that Janelle does when Robin cries. Did you notice it was the same thing? If you go back into the early seasons and Robin would start one of her like crying fits, Janelle would just kind of lean back and stare at her. I was just waiting for Sukanya to be like, all right, well, it's getting pretty cold, so... See you later. <laughs> Looks like there's rain. Looks like we got to wrap this up here. Because <laughs> she did. She apologized to her a few times. And if I was Sukanya, if I was the host, I would have been like, look, I would had to pull the producer aside and be like, look, I'm going to baby her. I'm going to coddle her so I can ask her hard questions. Cut all of that coddling out. We don't need it. They had like one part where she was like, I know this is hard for you and I'm sorry. And she kind of w- went with it too. I bet there was a lot more of that that they had to cut out where it was just like okay you're doing great hang in there robin how annoying would it be to be sitting under those lights on the stage you're sweating you're in full makeup you've been doing this for hours you have a producer in your ear trying to tell you what questions to ask next and then you've just got the person who you're interviewing who you need to wait because they are having a full-on crying fit and need to use some kleenex to wipe their their makeup away from their eyes with their fake tears. And jab, jab at their eyes <laughs> to, to produce any sort of tear, any remnant of a tear that they can get a hold of. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, can we can we speed this up? I would like to go to bed at a decent hour tonight because I have to do this again tomorrow. I had a bag of chips. 
I would have had an <laughs> apple. I would have had a bottle of water, anything to just kill the time where it's like, take your time. Yeah, go ahead. Think about it. Take your time. I haven't done my Wordle yet today. You don't, <laughs> you don't need to cry to buy time. If you just leave it dead air, we'll cut that out probably. Or depending on the question, it might make that even better as far as the response. Because let's figure Robin's receiving these questions as they come up on the couch. It's got to be overwhelming, right? (laughs) You're going to need to take some time. So she buys herself at least an extra 30 seconds every question by trying to catch her breath, by hyperventilating a little bit, by jabbing at her eye, looking up at the ceiling, telling herself, I've never cried this much in an interview before. (laughs) Jesus. Somebody get her a sedative. You know Cody was on the set. He had to be there. She can't do this herself. Well, she's got to have a safe space somewhere. And thankfully, Sukanya is facilitating that for her. Because Robin doesn't get it. She doesn't understand why these kids don't like her when she loves the family so much and she would do anything for them. She's so committed to them. Why can't people just see her for who she really is? Because your mental representation of yourself is not accurate. No, you mean she's not an empath? It doesn't align with reality. Who has an addiction to Pinterest, who's good at business, much goodly at business. Great at business, (laughs) mind you. Good at communication, great at business, right? I think she was great at everything. (laughs) Christina admits, yeah, it was really hard blending these families together. It wasn't just Robin's family who experienced trauma from this. We all came out scarred in the end. It was not a great experience. And Cody comes at them for having a pecking order in the family. But didn't he just say, he just established with Janelle five minutes ago, there's no hierarchy in the family. Correct. Literally stated that a segment ago. Yeah, you heard it right. Yeah. Now there's a pecking order in which you need to haze the next wife who enters the family. Well, it's the same ideology. The best thing for a family is a common enemy. That's what you got to have. So the wives find the nearest common enemy ends up being the newest wife. Until they prove themselves. And, you know, Robin's just never proven herself. Oh, man, we're still (laughs) waiting for that to come through. The truest statement of the entire tell-all is when Cody says that he frankly doesn't think that any of the wives, aside from Mary, would actually want to be Robin's friend outside of this situation. You could just say Janelle and Christine don't like Robin (laughs) because... There's a lot of mental math that has to go into that equation, the way you described it. But you just said the other wives, aside from Mary, that's Janelle and Christine. You can just say that. Janelle and Christine don't like Robin. It's true. Robin goes on to prove that that's true because she has asked Janelle to have that close sister-wife relationship. She's looking around. She's assessing what's going on. Christine's left the family. Cody doesn't count Mary as a wife anymore. The only one left is Janelle. And Janelle said she'd think about it. I'm going to think. Let me pray on that for a little bit and I'll get back to you. Why would you want a close sister-wife relationship with Robin when you saw what that did to Mary's relationship with Cody? You would not. You should not be getting in line for that. I think the two people in this family who want the least to do with each other, or, you know, maybe it's not on Robin's side as much, but Janelle, I would say, is the one person who absolutely would not be friends with Robin in any other circumstance. God bless her for that. (laughs) Good on you, Janelle. She has not understood from day one how Robin functions, 
the fact that she needs help with literally everything. She pointed it out in earlier seasons where she seemed cool with Robin at first joining the family. And then the more she saw of her pulling this whole damsel in distress act, she was done with her. Yeah, what it comes down to is you can't have another relationship like you have with Christine. So what's the real point? What's the effort that's going to go into that? It's not worth it. No, it just kind of happened organically with Christine because they were raising kids together, which again begs the question, why did Robin join this family when she knew she was coming into a situation where we had Mary who had one child who had issues with conceiving another? We had Janelle who had already said, I'm done having children. And we had Christine who was giving birth to Truly and said, that's it. I'm done. In fact, I really didn't want to get pregnant again to begin with. No offense, Truly. No no offense to Truly at all. (laughs) But this was not a family where there were a bunch of young children because Robin was going to go on to have kids with Cody. That just wasn't the same dynamic. Why did she think she was joining a family that was going to continue to have that dynamic when it was very clear that that was on the way out the door? Did Cody tell her that the other wives were going to start having kids again? That he was working on trying to convince Mary of having more babies? I think Robin just can't do math. She can't figure out how old the kids are. This one's tender. (laughs) This one's tender. (laughs) (laughs) Under 18, tender. Too tender. So with absolutely no affect in her voice, Robin says she's angry at the idea of the other wives being upset at her for being the only one who has a functioning relationship with Cody. But then she cries. So again, anger is sadness. Yes. So there's got to be an Uno reverse card here (laughs) for something to switch these emotions back between Robin and Cody. This was the part where Sukanya brings up that it's been a really hard time for Robin and the family, which... If you paid attention to the dates here, this was filmed November 9th, and that divorce announcement that Cody and Christine both posted simultaneously on social media went up on November 2nd. So that means for like a whole week, they've been dealing with all the media coverage about this. If anyone recalls, there were many keyboard warriors who went to Robin's Instagram and left her many a comment about how she destroyed the entire family. So, all right, maybe it is an emotional time. I'll give you that. But Sukanya doesn't pull any punches here. She's like, okay, but all of that aside, how come you're the only one with a functioning relationship with Cody? Don't you think that's odd? Did she give us an answer? Robin goes full. She just cried. She just goes full mean girls. (laughs) And she goes, I just hate that the other wives hold that against me. That Cody loves me, if that should be my biggest fault. (laughs) She tries so hard to play the victim in every single answer she gives throughout this tell-all, man. But then this is where we get the spicy wings response. Yes. Because as we were watching the sneak peek, there was a lot of emotional response that was happening from Robin. She was cursing. She was apologizing. She was muttering under her breath, hyperventilating, sniffling. Wondering how she's going to get through this. Interview. But yeah, if you look at that from a different context, it's it's like when you order wings and they're too hot. They're hotter than you thought they were going to be. <laughs> Maybe you weren't feeling up for the spice tonight and you chose to order mild and they didn't bring the mild. They brought the medium. They brought the hot. They brought the buffalo. You weren't ready for that. You're looking up at the ceiling. That's exactly what she was doing. <laughs> I think she thought that she was doing a good job 
eliciting an emotional response to these questions, but it did look like perhaps she was in a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. Maybe, yeah. But honestly, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. One of the only times I've ever connected with Robin, I had to move it into that context. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, yeah, I understand that. All right, well, here's something you're not going to understand because now we start comparing divorces. We know Robin is a divorcee. She had her relationship with her first husband before she found Cody. So we're going to ask her a little bit about that. And Robin has some opinions here because she claims she was trying still when she was at the same spot Christine is at. So apparently the issue here is that even though Christine was married to Cody for 25 years, And since at least 2014 has had a pretty bad relationship with him, she should have tried just as hard as Robin did. Robin was only married for nine years. Yes, true. So correct to say that, oh, at this point in the relationship, you had been out of a relationship for 13 years at that point. Also, how are you supposed to continue trying to have a relationship with someone who doesn't want to have a relationship with you? Well, and clearly that's the point that you get to. And then it's like, okay, well, then it's over. And that's where we've gotten to at this point. But did you like how Robin casually mentioned in passing about how the other wives should really work on finding compromise? That's why Robin's so angry about all this is because they're not figuring their stuff out with Cody. They're not going out there and talking. Well, probably because Cody's at your house for most of it. But let's put that aside for a second. No, 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 no. They're not finding their compromise, finding the things they love about each other. But this is where Robin takes it on her shoulders. I can't fix it for him. I can try to persuade. I can try to influence. I can beg. But I thought that she didn't meddle in these other relationships. I thought she didn't have a hand in these. I thought she wasn't trying to go behind people's backs and make these changes happen. Yeah, I think enough influence has been had from Robin's side of the house. We don't really need any more of that going on here. Yeah, for her reasoning, she's like, oh, well, it's for the family, so that's okay. She's like Walter White in Breaking Bad in her mind. She's the one who knocks. So Robin gets back up on her high horse again to tell us that she doesn't even consider Cody and Christine divorced because the church officials haven't granted them a divorce. Well, there's a pink elephant in the room. Uh, who gives a shit what Robin thinks? I don't know. She's starting to really split hairs here. It's like, oh, okay, Miss Catherine of Aragon. <laughs> it's like... What are we doing here? Ha, yeah, they're not divorced because I, I'm i in denial, so they're not divorced yet. Also, why is that your business? If Christine considers herself divorced because she had a spiritual marriage, reminder, Robin, you have a legal marriage to contend with. But if Christine doesn't believe in her faith anymore, and you guys haven't been members of your church for an extremely long time, in case you don't recall that, and it's pretty clear her husband abandoned her emotionally, what's the difference? Like, why is your, why, who cares about your opinion? Because then Christine even tries to break it down for us. She's explaining this. Polygamous women can leave. There are proper channels and some official things that they can do as plural wives to leave families and stuff. But she doesn't even see the point in going through those official processes because yeah, like you said, they haven't been a member of the church for quite some time. So it doesn't even matter what anybody else says. We don't care. Cody doesn't seem to care either because he just sums it up by saying it's in God's hands to sort out God's plan. (laughs) Yeah. And boy, oh boy, I feel bad for God on this one. 
trying to sort that mess out. So we wrap up the episode. Christine knows that she broke Robin's heart (laughs) more than Cody's. Yeah. But she just wants people to be happy and to be loved. And she does consider herself to be divorced. And Cody's only slightly jealous that Christine is free from this bondage of plural marriage. He hit it pretty well. Next episode, we have the final one-on-one interviews. Reminder, this is happening in two weeks because there is no episode the week of the 13th for the Super Bowl. Football. (laughs) Go sports teams. According to the episode description, Cody and Christine share shocking news that will change the family dynamic forever, which better not just be that they're divorced because We've pretty well established this in the first two parts. I feel like Sukanya is going to go make some phone calls. She's going to call some church leaders and be like, look, Robin, I talked to him. They gave it the okay. They're divorced now. Just to see her implode on the couch. What would have made this tell all better for you? Uh, shorter. Shorter? Shorter would have helped. <laughs> all right. Definitely shorter. I would have liked to have seen the adult kids come in on the conversation absolutely i want an appearance from uh who is it aunt Kristen, christine's family members yeah who have left polygamy and her mom i want to see that give us the juicy details we need more of a 90 day tell-all where they just bring people in skype them in yeah we want angles here we need different approaches to these conversations we hear from the same five people all the time Well, minus Mary in this episode. Well, yeah. Again, she had (laughs) all of the season 15 tell-all last episode. I just think it could have been a little bit more dynamic, but I will say the questions got better in part two, so I have hope for part three. Part three actually looks like it'll be pretty good. I'm raising the bar a little bit. I'm getting my hopes up. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.